This is Come On Kinds with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to season number one, episode six of Come On Kind with myself, Martin Quilty, and... And I'm Anya Fahey. This evening, we are going to be reviewing the fixtures and the results of last weekend's senior, intermediate and junior club games and also previewing upcoming games for this weekend coming as well. We will also be discussing the recent managerial exits of counties and the reappointment of some county as well, namely Kilkenny, that will be. But Anya, I think we're going to start off first with, uh, we might do the senior um, this year or this time, I should say. So the first game up was Thomastown versus Lisdowney St. Lactons that was played over the weekend. Thomastown 118, Lisdowney St. Lactons 6 points. So, bit of a convincing win there for the girls from Thomastown. Certainly is a convincing win for Thomastown, I suppose. For a lot of neutral spectators, they you you know you'd probably see that as you know the the definite result of the weekend. Um, I, you know I spoke to a couple of people from Freshford um about this game and they were right up up in the game until half time. Um, you know they were only um, down by a point, but Thomastown just came out of the works in the second half and just blew them away. They got a goal and they just really pushed on from there. Eva Hines was very good. Meg Farrell, as we know, was exceptional at centre back and Sarah Walsh, like we seen throughout the whole intercounty season was such a workhorse constantly up and down the field very strong full back line as well have Thomastown and you know I think you know they definitely are going to be the team that everyone's going to have to reach they they really at, are at the top of their game right now and they just look like they've been just coasting through the, their first two games of the league and they'll be looking now to um, a pace in the um, quarter final and you know I suppose in the back of their mind they probably are still thinking about last year's Leinster Championship as well but you know they, they're going very very well they look like they are going to be the team that everybody's going to have to try and beat this year. And competition for places out there at the minute is red hot I believe as well mm-hmm. because even some of the girls that are playing junior are nearly putting their hands up to go and play on the senior team so fantastic problem to have out in Thomastown at the minute. Yeah, great problem for any club to have I suppose and you know their juniors are doing extremely well as well and you look at the likes of Jenny Reddy and Lisa Carey when they're playing on their junior team you know you're asking questions going oh God what kind of a senior squad have they if you've got players of their calibre that are talking out for their junior team as well. Um, yeah, really good to see like they're, they're obviously working very very hard in the Kamoi club down there it's great to see um, you know they haven't been as successful as they are for no reason um, they're putting the works in behind the scene and they're getting their just reward for it and they definitely want to go back and going to want to retain their title this year in Kilkenny you know they kind of, they won it back last year after it not being in Thomastown for maybe a year or two so they certainly will want to will want to get it back and they're certainly going in the right direction Yeah and obviously that puts Thomastown then top of Group C which puts them into a quarter final because they won't be playing uh, this weekend coming they go straight into the quarterfinals um, and they're going to be playing someone else later on which we will um, announce that so a good start for Thomastown continuing on from where they left off last year uh, and before their upcoming uh, Leinster Club Championship games as well but that'll be in the back of their minds uh before they take on the next game, which will be in two weeks' time. Conaghy and St. Bridget's then, uh, over the weekend. Uh, great win for Conaghy, even though I don't think we gave them a, a chance last weekend against St. Bridget's. And then they come out and they beat St. Bridget's by uh, six points, two thirteen to 13 points. So what have you to say for yourself? 
Like, I don't know what I've done to anybody in Conaghy now at this stage. I backed them for the first two games. They let me down. And then I just, they couldn't. They forced my hand and I couldn't go for them against um, Ballycallan. And a very, a very heavily fancied Ballycallan who were after winning their first two opening games of the league. So they would have been definitely kind of going for, you know, three wins in a row, getting to a quarter final and having the comfort of having two weeks off. Uh, but fair play to Conaghy. To be fair to them, I think there was there certainly was a win going to be under their belt at some stage and they're just pushing through. And I hope that's their win out of their way now uh, for the remainder of the season. And I know why you're saying that because that's coming to the fixtures then for yeah. later on. Yeah, but uh, yeah, overall, though, a good win for Conaghy and it'll certainly give him impetus and going in with a, a bit of confidence into the next game mm-hmm. and we won't say who they're playing just yet although people can probably guess who it's going to be from that but nonetheless a good win for uh, Conaghy St. Bridges though would be disappointed only putting 13 points on mm-hmm. the scoreboard as well but they're still in the competition and looking forward now to the next game They certainly are like, and they're straight through to um, a quarter final as well so they needn't have to worry about having a first round game this weekend thankfully as we've mentioned before there is no relegation in in senior in the Camogie this year, which is really good to see as well. Um, so teams don't have to kind of have that monkey on their back, this fear of not, you know, going well if you don't go well in the first couple of games that you could face potential relegation. So there, there's certainly nobody will have to worry about that. But you would have to say that St. Bridges of Ballycallan have been serious dark horses in the league so far. Um, to be fair, people would have probably underestimated them um, and they came out and they got two excellent results against Wine Gap and against Young Ireland who would be very much heavily fancied to be top six teams at senior level in the county. They came out and they got two great results from that. You know, a lot of it could be the fact that maybe they were resting girls knowing that they have two weeks off um, now just making sure that everybody's re- recovering right. I'm sure they had a plan in place and we also have to remember that they are playing in a junior a junior final, a junior B final as well so there's sure I'm sure there is a crossover with girls that could potentially be on the senior panel as well so I'm sure they were resting some of those up they'll be very happy that they're still sitting at the top of that group um, not that they would have been taking um, the, the Conaghy match or disregarding it in any way but you know I'm sure that they were going out just to get more game time under their belt knowing that they had safely qualified and you know they had done all the hard work in the first two games so fair play to Ballycallan they can look forward to a quarter final now in two weeks time yeah, that's nearly it. You're trying to avoid the first round games. Obviously, as we said before, there's no relegation this time um, and there's not as much pressure on it. But yet there is also pressure that you don't want to be in a first round game and coming up against someone else. It's nice just to have that extra week now with the teams that's in the quarterfinals. They're not playing until the 24th of October. They can now sit, do whatever they have to do, recover, get their girls right for that game. And they'll probably get a chance now, apart from one other team that won't, to see what games are on the weekend and who the opposition is going to be. Yeah, absolutely. And it gives them all, as you said, an opportunity to go around to watch other games. But it also gives, you know, for a lot of us, say, maybe older players who have a couple of years on their legs, it's given them extra time to recover as well. Um, And it, it does give them it does give players that maybe haven't been able to showcase their talent as of yet because games have been so close and maybe substitutions haven't been made too fast or whatever the case may be. It gives the club, those clubs an opportunity to play like a training match the weekend or whatever they want to do and kind of let other girls, you know, um, you know, express um, their, their talent on the field and the training grounds. And, you know, it's given everyone a really, really good chance. Like it's been tough having a game week after week after week. It's great. It's enjoyable. Don't get me wrong. Like we really do enjoy it because there's been times there where you might have a game for a couple of weeks and things just go stale 
But if you're lucky, it could if, be a couple of months as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. But I suppose in this essence, the fact that they do have a break, they'll be thankful for it because every team is going to want to be fresh, especially going into a quarter final because teams that do potentially have to pay it first round, legs are going to start getting sore and people are going to start getting tired as well over the last couple of weeks because it has been tough. It has been a tough three weeks for all clubs that have been out consistently. Um, yeah, so, you know, any team that ha- can have the break is going to be looking forward to it and I'm sure they're all going to be in recovery mode now. But on the flip side of that as well then, obviously you can't beat momentum. Mm-hmm. So O'Connor had their victory last weekend. They're now going into the next round game. If they then had a victory going forward into the quarterfinal, they won't mind having that extra game because any of the three teams that will be playing in a first round game, they might say to themselves, well, the break might do us more harm. It might be good to have the, mm-hmm. the game going into a quarterfinal that we're not going in cold. The same as we've seen at some of the senior matches and the hurling games as well. Mm-hmm. It can be detrimental to some clubs. Oh, it certainly can. Like, and, you know, I, I feel like that could potentially be an issue that St. Bridget's may have. They started off so well. They got two great, they got two great victories under their belt. They came out against Conaghy, lost to Conaghy. They're now going, taking a week off and having to go back into a quarter final with a loss, uh, with a loss behind them. They would have probably preferred to, you know, obviously they'd have probably preferred to get the win, then have the week off knowing that they still have confidence building in them. But, you know, you know, there could be potential of asking questions, you know, you know, we beat the top two teams. How did Conaghy beat us or whatever the case may be? Conaghy on the other side, yeah, they're the complete opposite. They've lost their two first games of the championship. They're now going into their first round of victory. And, you you know, with a team is kind of, you know, grasping on that momentum and confidence, confidence is going, it's a dangerous situation for any opposition to come up against. And, you know, that's what you'd be kind of looking at with Conaghy, like they are going to be brimming with confidence in relation to the next game. Well, speaking of a team that's flying with confidence at the minute and sitting pretty at the end of the, the league section of the championship is Young Ireland's of Gordon. They played one gap last weekend and a four point victory for the girls from Gordon, 116 to 209. And that was a good, decent victory for them. And I believe a very tasty affair as well. <laughs> if um, if you're to listen to any reports that came from it, um, you know, maybe um, a few tensions were arising. But um, yeah, I, I believe it was a, a great game of Camogie. Um, they've really kind of, you know, made amends for the start of their championship campaign. Um, you know, Wine Gap, I feel, would be very, very disappointed with their league run so far they would normally be a team that you would be kind of looking to at least qualify top of a group. Um, you know, so very surprised with them. But Young Ireland's will be absolutely delighted. As far as I'm aware, that kind of gives them a buy as well the weekend, does it? Yeah, that puts yeah, them into the quarterfinals. Yeah, it puts yeah. them straight into a quarterfinal. And they'll be delighted with that. It kind of gives them time to recover as well and kind of get back to having a good winning mentality like they're after coming off the, the back of two great victories. Um, so they'll be delighted with that and they'll be looking forward to kind of putting their mark back on, into the senior championship because if I'm being honest I did slightly write them off at the very start of the year I just I found after their first round defeat I was a bit concerned for them but I think now they're really after proving us wrong and they've really just kept it kept going and, and things are really moving up for them Yeah well they certainly have lit up group A there as they sit pretty on top of that and get the boys straight into the quarterfinal uh, Next up we'll take St Martins and Clara that ended in a 1-8 apiece draw um, last weekend as well so both teams getting a point there um, it doesn't make much difference difference to the table where they sit St Martins are at the foot of the table there now at the minute and uh, Clara who are second in the table as well now as we said earlier Clara are the second team that gets 
the boy into the quarterfinal and they will actually play St. Bridget's in that quarterfinal um, just because of where Clara finished on the table. So I suppose happy enough that they get both teams get the boy then and uh, St. Martins will look forward now to a first string game at the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I do think though Clara will be a bit disappointed with that result. I do think they kind of probably expected to to beat St. Martin's hands down on that. But, you know, I, I mentioned this last week. I felt like there was a game in St. Martin's. When were they going to produce it? We didn't know. But I feel like they really took, you know, they grabbed Clara by the scruff of the neck and they brought the game to them. It's always been in them and they're always, a, they're such a tough team to overcome. And I think that they kind of knew themselves that they didn't want to be going into a first round with another loss if you're going into a first round three losses it's not great for you the confidence is very low tensions can start to rise within the club and within the panel of players as well so they will be very very happy that they got a draw out of that game they would probably be disappointed that they didn't get the win but you know out of both teams in that situation you could imagine that St. Martins are the happier team going home after the weekend Yeah and you'd have to wonder why that there might be even tensions I mean there's going so well they're in the junior uh, C county final mm-hmm. at the weekend that's coming up against St. Bridget's they were in the minor county final yeah. against Piltown last Sunday as well so I mean all teams under them coming up were on a high but yes it wasn't going forward I suppose into the senior team the senior team then wasn't emulating what other teams around them were doing Yeah it's hard I suppose like they are probably looking at a load of the a load of their younger age parents I think they're under 16 so they won the county final as well you know so that's a huge that's that's a massive achievement for them for the club like under 16 minors and a junior B team in a county final that's excellent excellent work to them and then for their seniors not to be reciprocating that you know they're probably feeling like maybe like they're probably feeling a little bit low at the moment and they're kind of wondering when their time is going to come but I'm sure like you know they're going to go into the first round they're going to hold their heads high their championship team in my opinion are St. Martins and um, I feel like we're still going to see the better of them I think they'll be happy with their performance and with the result at the weekend but they know now that they can push on and they're going to be a very very tough opponent for any team that has to come up against them in the first round because St. Martins they don't lie down too easily they will keep going until the final whistle and you know I, I pity I pity the fool as they say in the A-team that had to come up against them Yeah well certainly they'll have the uh the momentum going forward on that one, I suppose, talking about momentum, momentum hasn't really been going too well for yourself and the team at the minute. Uh, Dixborough results didn't go your way. Dixborough 3-11, which is 20 points to Tullerone, one thirteen, a four-point defeat, but were there really four points between the teams in the end? You know, like it. It was. It's interesting to see to to say that, like, because everybody that I spoke to after the match were kind of like, oh, well, should I ask the score? Are we afraid to ask the score? And, you know, we were kind of coming off the field going, well, yeah, we were bet, but we were only bet by four points, you know. And I suppose they were kind of like asking questions. Oh, was such and such body playing or was this person playing? You know, okay, maybe they didn't have, you know, there there could have been a couple of girls missing at the end of the day, but from a Tullerone point of view all I can say is we just focus on our game and we don't focus about the players that aren't on the opposition you know we have girls as well that you know didn't start for us for whatever the case may be um, and that have been consistent starters for us but you know we can just work on ourselves we were happy with our performance Um, you know Dixborough I will say on the other hand I do think after seeing them now, I do think that they potentially could be the only team that will match Thomastown this year. Um, They're very balanced, very young, 
like it was great to see Neve feeling at centre back for such a young player and uh, this, I suppose this is my kind of thinking in this for such a young player we've seen her come through the minor inter-county scene she is most certainly I would say a shoo-in for intermediate potentially maybe a senior panel next year I would definitely say intermediate she should start with intermediate get her development through there and then progress on but to see a club with the size of Dixborough giving the giving that kind of leadership and that role to a young girl at centre back because that's a huge position on be it on the Hurling field Camogie field Gaelic football field whatever the case may be it's a huge position to see them being able to give a position like that to such a young girl it just goes to show the strength and the leadership that she has I thought she was absolutely outstanding at centre back um, Amy Clifford was centre forward another very young girl Asher McCarty was half forward I think I was looking at it after the match like just going down through their team and I think I could safely say, if not the starting, if not every player on the starting 15, but definitely 12 to 13 of them have donned Kilkenny jersey at minor, intermediate or senior level. And that That's fair is going. a serious, serious number when you look at it. You know, you had uh, Kira O'Shea was there, Jane Cass was there, Kirsty Marr was there, Aoife Prendergast was there, Neve Phelan was there, Tara Clifford was there, uh, Aoife Prendergast, Kira Phelan, Amy Clifford, Asha McCarty, Quiva Dowlin, Rachel Dowlin, Ava O'Gorman. Like, I think that's nearly 14 I'm after naming off there. They all started and they have all wore a Kilkenny jersey and by no means is it easy to get a Kilkenny jersey. We know, like, you know, we know the standard that it has to be met. So, you know, that's a serious standard for Dixborough and I'd say those Dixborough managers have a serious headache trying to pick team when you look at it. Orla, McC- Orla uh, Hanrick still has to go back into that team. Jenny Clifford still has to go back into that team. Lucinda Gahan still has to go back into that team. You know, so th- there are serious names to go back into that There's team. There's three more county players that you've named to go back into a exactly. team as well. Exactly. So like, you know, they are they are going to I reckon they will put it up to Thomastown. Um, you know, all depending on what draws and but as I said, like, you know, it it can it'll only be end of the day. I felt like Tullerone definitely we did perform, we did perform well. We just worked on our own game, we concentrated on our own things. We don't worry about, you know, the players that the other teams have, and that's all that we could do. And we can only control ourselves, we can only con- control the controllables, and that was looking after ourselves. We were happy with our performance. Obviously, we wanted to win. Who doesn't? But, um, you know, we, we still have to now just turn around and focus on focus on first round this weekend. Which is my next point, because we're now coming up to the first <coughs> round games and it doesn't get any easier. I'm going to start with your game, obviously, mm-hmm. because you have Conaghy in the first round of the championship. And it doesn't get any easier after that because the winners of that then goes and plays Thomastown in the quarterfinal. So I suppose of all the draws to get, it was probably the worst one for either one of Tullerone or Conaghy to come out of it to go and play Thomastown. But we start with Tullerone and Conaghy um, at this weekend coming. A fascinating encounter that it is going to be and that could be a very tight affair, I think. Yeah, I certainly do think as well. And I think, you know, Conaghy have probably proved that they're coming good at the right time. Tullerone... You know, we we have work to do, but we'll fo- we can only we'll focus on ourselves. Um, but Plus, it's a home game, which it, helps the matter for Tullerone as well. It's a massive, it's a massive advantage to us, and I suppose especially after the lads over the weekend qualify, you know, beating um, beating uh, Clara in the um, in the men's quarter final, and now getting to a semi final. Just the absolute enthusiasm and delight that is in Tullerone at the moment. It's like the lads are after winning the All Ireland final all over again. You know, with you know, with just with the sheer excitement of it. So Tullerone is 
is on a, is in a high he's in a high buzzer there at the moment. Um, it, it's a home venue for us, but you know, home or away, it, you know, that's not going to be the deciding factor at the end of the day. Uh, Conaghy will be very very strong. I feel like they're coming right at the right time. They've got plenty of young players. Um, you know, you'll have to be kind of looking out for Roisin feeling can dictate a game from start to finish. We assume she's going to be playing at centre back. Um, she just eases through a game. She's just so effortless. You know, she's just she's just a fantastic player and a great player to to um to be to be looking up to. And you know, whoever is going to be at centre forward is really going to have to be mindful that they're probably going to have to put their game aside and you know focus on stopping Roisin Feeling from having any you know um kind of having any any impact on the game. You also then have to look at uh, Danielle Marcy's there, Shannon Fien is there and there's a couple of younger girls, Grace Mulhall is there as well. You know, these girls have the experience from winning, be it through Loretto, be it through their underage in Conaghy. So they're used to winning and they don't like losing and I suppose that's something that Tullerone we're going to have to combat as well. Uh, it'll be a very exciting game. I am Obviously I'm not going to call it. Um, no, which is fair, yeah. yeah. Um, it is going to be it's going to be a very very good game and I expect nothing but a very tight battle and you know we'll just have to wait and see who works the hardest on the day is going to come out to Tullerone the happier team Well there's extra time and finish on the day protocols to be played in all the first round games this weekend so I wouldn't rule out extra time in that game mm-hmm. yet but that game takes place in Tullerone on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock it is indeed Tullerone versus Conaghy The next game then we're going to preview is Winegap versus St. Lactans Lisdowney and that game is going ahead in Winegap on Sunday evening at half past three which is a a slight change of time there which is nice to see because mm-hmm. at least people might be able to get a chance to see a couple of different games now the winner of that then of course goes on and plays Dixborough in the quarterfinal on the 24th of October so again another good game and a tight one to call this will be a very very good game um, and you know great to see that the match is pushed back to half three too you know great to see the Camogie Association and the GEA actually working well together I know that the guys that are involved with Freshford Liz Downey are involved with also Liz Downey junior team earlier on the day so great to see that both clubs um, were able to come up with a solution so that everybody could be there and everyone could have a fair shot at it Um but that's be, the way we like to see it exactly. because at least people can then go and see the Harlem match and they can go then and support, support the Camogie girls. women as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's going to be that's going to be a great, great battle. Both teams, if I'm honest, probably haven't had the best league campaign so far. Um, I think Wine Gap will be extremely disappointed with their their league campaign at the moment. Um, Freshford Liz Downey on the other side, and I think I kind of alluded to this last week. Okay, they were put, as we would say, into the group of death. They came up against Thomastown, then they came and and they had to play Pilltown as well. So they've had two very, very tough games behind them. So now it's about time that we're going to actually see, let's measure your character on this. Like, let's see what they're actually made of. We have to remember Freshford Lisdowney were in a county final last year. So they're by no means a bad team or a weak team. And anybody that's writing them off at this early stages, it's, you know, it's going to come back to bite them. I think that game is going to be an extremely tough, tough battle. I do feel though that Wine Gap are going to have a very, very slight edge on that. And it will not surprise me if that game goes to extra time. Um, I don't know. I don't know why I'm saying Wine Gap. I just feel like 
with Denise Gall, I think her presence alone is going to be a huge factor in the in that game. And who are they going to put on her? I can't see them pulling Claire Feeling out of centre back to to mark her at midfield because I think Claire Feeling just does a colossal amount of work at centre back for Freshford Liz Downey. And if you do pull her out, who are you going to put back in there to to you know to close up that space? It's just her reading of the ball and just her awareness of the space around her. I do feel like Denise is probably going to stay at midfield and I think she's just going to dictate the game from there. Whoever Freshford is down here going to put on her is going to have to have put in a serious shift on the day. She's going to be the difference between wind up winning or losing that game. Yeah, they certainly are. If you look at what the teams have scored um, during the league part of the championship, in wind gap is after scoring 240, which is no mean feat. Like when you're mm-hmm. going to look at it, you look at Lisdowney, um and St. Lactans, then they've only scored 20 points. Now I know they only had the two games, so that's averaging out 10 points apiece. But like if you look at the two, wind gap have by far the better scoring average. Um, and as you say, when you have Denise that could potentially be getting 12, 13 points, you know, maybe mm-hmm. 1, 9, 1, 10. It's going to be very hard to stop it and Freshford and Liz Down, you're going to have to try and score some themselves, which doesn't seem to be happening in the league section. No, it certainly doesn't. And I think they are going to probably, you know, their their usual suspects, their big players are really going to have to stand up on the day. Uh, Lydia Fitz is going to have to have a powerful game. Um, Laura Hegarty needs to have a big game this weekend um, you know they can't be depending on the younger ones I got just got some feedback from one of the one of the people that's involved with them and Holly Moore is playing absolutely fantastic for Freshford Liz Downey at the moment Julianne Bergen is going very very well um, so like they have players there that, are, that can perform but Sometimes maybe it's the, you know, the household names that really need to pick up the pace now for when it comes to first round and, you know, kind of showcase their talent and why these players are wearing Kilkenny jerseys. We need to be able to see that. They need to be able to replicate it on at the club scene now. And, you know, I think that's going to be a big one. It's going to be a massive, massive test for Freshford Liz Downey. And it's whoever is going to control Denise Gall on the day. If Denise Gall can do what she wants, Wine Gap are going to win that game hands down. But if somebody can contain her, Freshford are really in for a serious shout. Yeah, well, that's looking like like a very decent game indeed as we said it is the Michael Ling Motors Hyundai Senior Championship first round game Wine Gap versus Liz Downey St. Lactans going ahead in Wine Gap at 3.30pm on Sunday afternoon next we will go on then to the next game which is going to be Pilltown and St. Martins then in the other uh, first round game that's the last of the first round games at the weekend the winner of course then will go on and play Young Ireland's in the quarterfinal on the 24th of October. It's a home game for Pilltown playing St. Martin's in Pilltown Sunday at 12 o'clock and again you know both teams I suppose have a bit of momentum Pilltown played very well you know albeit they came up against Thomastown Thomastown defeated them still they'll be going in with confidence and now St. Martin's with the draw albeit it's not a win they'll still have that bit of confidence with the Miners and the 16s and the whole lot they'll want to do well as well so how do you see that one going? Like again this one is kind of a hard one to judge and I suppose we all kind of have this standard of where we think Pilltown should be at and the more I think about it I'm just kind of like well where are they? Like what standard are they at? Have they actually been tested yet? No they haven't really okay I know they were beaten against Thomastown and for a lot of us, we were, yeah, OK, we expected Thomastown to beat them, but we probably expected Pilltown to put up a better show against Thomastown. And we that probably wasn't reflected on the scoreline. Uh, St. Martins, as I mentioned earlier, they're very hurt at the moment and they're quite wounded. And 
they're not a nice team that I would fancy going in. I would be, I would like to be going and playing in the first round. I think that they're going to put it up to to um, Piltown. I think they're going to match them physicality wise. But I just think that Piltown are going to have a very, very slight edge. I don't know if Piltown have actually hit the ground running yet. I don't know if they if we've seen them at full steam. Um, but I would say that it's championship hurling now, and I just feel like Piltown are going to just take off. And I think St. Martin's could be at the end of a tough day in the office. But in saying that, St. Martin's are St. Martin's. I think they love coming up against the bigger teams. I think they can actually, I think they produce better performances against the bigger teams. Um, I'm not completely writing them off, but I do think Piltown, I do think Piltown are going to take that one. Yeah, they're a bit like, as Brendan Hennessy would say, when it comes to Ballyhill Shamrocks, they're never bet mm. until they're gone out the gate and home. Um, and that could be the case with that one there. So you're uh, you're predicting Piltown, I take it then on that one? Yeah, Piltown for that one. Okay, so that is Piltown versus St. Martins in Piltown on Sunday at 12 o'clock. And as we said earlier on, then those games will take place uh with the quarterfinals taking place on the 24th of October, Young Ireland's, as we said, will play either Piltown or St. Martin's. Jigsborough will play either Winegap or St. Lacton, or Winegap, yeah, or St. Lacton's is downy. Thomastown will play either Tolerone or Conaghy, and then St. Bridget's will play Clara. All games to be decided with uh, venues later on by the fixtures committee. So now we'll move on to the intermediate games that took place over the weekend, and there was uh, a few of them that took place. And I suppose the first one on my list coming here. Anya is Emerald St. Anne's versus St. Clair's now we did predict that it could be uh, a big score for Emerald St. Anne's mm-hmm. um, against what is a very young St. Clair's team at the moment in time and it did work out that way 4-13 to 10 points but I believe St. Clair's did put it up to Emerald St. Anne's for a good bit of that but I heard Javina Tobin was just outstanding again at the weekend she was just unbelievable and as we predicted it was an easy enough win for Emerald St. Anne's in the end of the day Yeah no great shock um, in, in with regards to that result there Emerald St. Anne's are going very very well you know they were in an intermediate county final last year and they're going to want to go that one step further and win it this year and you know they've been producing the results so far like you know they, they, they've been going very very well tipping along nicely and I suppose their aim now is championship and that's where they're looking at they're looking at you know probably qualifying for a quarter final stage, um, getting whoever they're playing in the quarter final, and then maybe just getting through, getting through to the, the county final again, and that's where they really want to be. Um, they'll certainly be be within the last four, I would imagine, at intermediate level. Um, they're raking up very very good sto- very very good scores. Um, very evenly balanced team as well. So you know. It's no great shock that they beat St. Clair's by what they did as well. And, you know, good to hear that, you know, the star players that were listening to their names on the radios, on televisions for so many years that are stepping up to the fore for the clubs as well, which is really good to see. But yeah, certainly uh, Emerald St. Anne's, they're going to be there, thereabouts for a county final spot. And as I said, that's it's not a huge shock, that result for us. Disappointing, I, I assume, for St. Clair's, as you'd imagine. But as you said, they are a very, very young team and they're only up intermediate two years, maybe. Two at this years stage. at all. Yeah. So they're probably still trying to find their bearings and gather themselves at that. And I'm sure they're going to have a couple of new players coming through the scene over the next couple of years. And, you know, they'll be wanting to compete. But just right now at the moment, I think there's just too many strong teams at intermediate level for St. Clair's to actually break through. Yeah. And we just have to mention on that, that out of the 10 points, I think it was Anya Phelan got six points of that as well. Like and Anya being an intermediate uh, panelist member as well, she did play on the intermediate team. Um, so, you know, great scoring there for herself. But... Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. a lot of work I think still to be done and we'll get to the game coming up at the weekend and that one just uh, in a few moments time Uh, the next game then you're looking at is Glenmore against Ballyhale Shamrocks and we've mentioned Ballyhale and how maybe not so great that they were going over the last couple of weeks but a great win for themselves over the weekend 7-12 Ballyhale Shamrocks 4-6 to Glenmore now fair play to Glenmore for putting up 4-6 because as I said they have been struggling a bit this year as well but Shamrocks racking up 7-12 what a scoreline yeah great 12 point victory there for Ballyhale Shamrocks and they'll be delighted with that I suppose you know playing kind of rounding off the end of the league there so they'll be now focusing on championship too Um, 7-12 is is a brilliant score to to be scoring Um, but then on the other end as you mentioned Glenmore did rake up 4-6 so that's probably something that Ballyhale Shamrocks are going to want to look at you know are they leaking too many goals in that case if you're coming up against some of the top tier intermediate teams if you're going to be leaking 4-6 you know it's probably not going to end well for you but listen Ballyhale Shamrocks badly needed that win um, and I think they're going to push themselves forward you know I suppose we kind of forget with Ballyhale that it was only a couple of years ago that they were competing in an All-Ireland Club final up in Crow Park at intermediate level Um, so they have the players in an abundance down there it's just a matter of them clicking and all getting together you know they're a very close-knit community as well like and hurling is just what they they live for Um, so I'm sure like they'll kind of you know start to kickstart their championship now this weekend or whatever the case may be and they'll push on from that they're probably delighted to just get the league stages over because you know as we said it, it probably wasn't a great league championship for them so they'll be happy to get a good win in the last round and now push on for championship Yeah well looking at the fixtures um, it looks like that they are going to go into the quarter final draws which we can't actually bring to you because there's a lot of them that's actually going to be open draw um, so we don't know it's different to the seniors we don't know what way that's going to end up there but a very good win for Ballyhale as they go into that Glenmore uh, not so great they're going into the weekend we'll come to them in a moment uh, of who they're playing um, in the first round games uh, Mullinavat and O'Loughlin Gales uh, next that was a very tight affair and one that mm. I didn't really expect now to be honest with you O'Loughlin Gales 10 points Mullinavat 1 goal and uh, 12 points so you know, O'Loughlin's put it up to Mullinavat in fairness. They certainly did. I and mean, I actually just got a quick snippet off of um, Angie Keneally there earlier on today. And she was saying that Mullinavat had a lot of early chances, but didn't take them. Um, and But O'Loughlin's just kept on going at them. And interestingly enough, Laura Murphy was not available for O'Loughlin's. So you could imagine that that was a huge, huge difference for O'Loughlin Gales to not have her available. I don't know as to why. I don't know if it's injury or whatever the case may be. But, uh, but she was. As you said, that's a huge because she has been huge starring loss. in all of the games mm-hmm. they've played so far. Yeah, huge, huge loss for O'Loughlin Gales. Um, Mullinavat, you know, I believe Julianne Malone got two for uh, two scores, two points from play. Leanne Fenley, two points from play. But this name that I keep that seems to be kind of popping up the whole time is Rachel Dunphy, and she scored. She was playing at wing forward and scored one, two, or one, three points. And I suppose when Angela's talking about her, it's kind of like you can kind of nearly sense this bit of excitement when she's mentioning her name. Like she really seems to be a really good player for them and you know they're just so delighted to have her and she just seems to be working very very hard and it's kind of like you know a a new talent that's emerging through them so fair play to her and I believe um, you know uh, the good old reliable Anya Kinsla you know phenomenal at midfield as well so you know really good for um, Mullinavat you know they certainly are kind of making their mark on it I suppose they started off the season with a bang and as the games go on 
teams are nearly getting closer and closer to them. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they get on now over the, the course of the next couple of weeks. But a good result from Mullinavash, obviously disappointing for O'Loughlin Gales, considering Laura Murphy wasn't available to them. Um, but I suppose they'll kind of maybe look at the positives of that. You know, they were only five points out um, and missing your, you know, your, your, your county star missing for the occasion. So she could have been a huge difference in that. So they'll be looking forward to their next round as well. Yeah, they certainly will. And as we said, there is four teams going into the first round games. Um, they are going to be the Roar in Estigue will play Glenmore in Innistigue on Sunday coming on you. So I suppose we'll preview that one first and uh, two teams that hasn't really begun well albeit the Roar and Steag did have one victory under their belt Glenmore going in with three losses unfortunately mm. how do you see this one going? Like I really hate like suddenly just writing a team off but you would have to fancy Roar and Steag in that case I just think that like I do think they just have a better structure of players on their team and you know I, I would be very surprised if they didn't come out of there with a victory in saying that now Glenmore could probably just wipe them off the field you know they're after raking up 4-6 in their previous game against a very fancy lead uh, Ballyhale Sharmacks but I would just imagine that Roar and Steag will just have a little bit more have more in the tank and they, sh- they should easily kind of maybe brush aside that Glenmore challenge well, it'll be close enough because if you look at the results of it, what they've scored, the Roarnestig has scored four goals and 29 points. Glenmore has scored six goals and 19 points. So Glenmore are proving that they can get the goals. Mm. But if they can, if the Roar can contain them, you're probably right that the Roar, just that small little bit, might just get ahead and get into yeah. the quarterfinals. Yeah, you would imagine, as we mentioned last week as well, though, Christine Ling is going to be missing for Roar in the Sheik, So she's going to be a huge loss as well. But I'm sure they have other players that are just going to step up to it there. I think for Glenn Moore to, to actually get through this game, I think Liz Phelan has to have a massive game and goal. You know, I think she really kind of needs to get back to maybe the form she was in two years ago and show that little bit of confidence that she had. Because I feel like it's after maybe slightly dwindling off and you know I'd love to see her just get back into that get back into the confidence and get back to just being that excellent goalkeeper that we know she can be and of course Ruth Jones you know, has to be has to be really on fire as does Clary Edwards as well because they are probably you know your two strongest strongest players there and you know they really have to push Glenmore over the line well, that brings us to the next one. Um, as we said, that is the Shaw's Department Store Intermediate First Round Game. Roarnestig versus Glenmore in Innistig on Sunday at 11 o'clock. The second game then in the first round is St. Clair's versus Danes Fort. That game, I think, is now after being switched to Kilmichow at 11 o'clock. So two teams that has met last year in the Shield uh, final that St. Clair's won comfortably enough, but still that's last year's and mm. on performances this year. Neither of them going too well. How do you see it going? Again, I think St. Clair should easily, it should easily brush past this um, challenge as well. I just think as a whole, I think they have a better balance of a team. Um, and I think with just the experience that Anya Phelan and Afton Grace are going to bring from the inter-county scene this year. And of course, as you mentioned last week, you've got Marie Kennedy and her sister, um, Caroline. Caroline Kennedy is there as well. Like, I just think that St. Clair's are really, I think that St. Clair's will push past that, um, push, push past that. And I think if they do, they'll be in a huge amount of confidence and I think could happen then a quarter final stage for them. I would be 
heavily fancying St. Clair's for that game. Okay, well, they are the only two games that's on because obviously the other six teams then go straight through to the quarterfinals. So those teams are going to be James Stevens and Barra Rangers who came uh, joint first in Group A, both on seven points each. Both had uh, two wins and a draw there. And then we have Emeralds, St. Anne's and Molinovac going through, tied on seven points as well. Both teams had two wins and a draw with one another. O'Loughlin Gales and Ballyhay Shamrocks. So they are the six teams that automatically go into the quarterfinal. And the winners of the first round games then, which will either be the Roarness League, Glenmore, St. Clair's or Danes Fort will join them. It is going to be an open draw, so we can't tell you who's going to be playing what yet. Those games will be played, of course, on the 24th of October as well. So we will look forward to bringing those games to you uh, when we get news on them. Now we're going to go on to the Ivor. Produce Junior Championship which took place uh, over the weekend as well and the first game that I have here on you is Dixborough uh, against Conaghy Dixborough coming away with a comfortable enough win in that one 6-9 to uh, one goal and six points so another good win there for the uh, the Dixborough women Yeah really good I think that's three from three now or sorry two from three isn't it at this stage for Dixborough um, yeah no like they're doing very very well um, very young team um, pushing through um, you know disappointing again I suppose for Conaghy uh, but Dixborough really are kind of showcasing that the talent that they have in the club now at the moment um, the three yeah. ones they won one drew one and lost one okay so they so they have they, they've kind of had a variation of them all but yeah no they're doing very very well you know I think the junior is actually going to be a really tough grade to get out of this year and I know I've been kind of harping on that oh Moonkine 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 but there's a couple of dark horses that are starting to appear there now and you know I don't, I'm, I'm not I've decided I'm not going to put my house on Moonkind anymore because it's just it's just too hard to call now at this stage you know Dixborough could be there thereabouts as well um, you know so it'd be interesting to see but yeah really good result for Dixborough 6-9 great score to to be getting uh, Conhey would probably be disappointed with that 1-6 loss there um, but yeah at the moment Dixborough to be honest with you at the moment Dixborough and Thomastown both their senior teams and their junior teams are just seem to be streaks ahead of a lot of clubs. Yeah, well, they certainly are flying, which is great to have the numbers to be able to have two teams mm-hmm. that is competing as well in that. Uh, moving along then to the next game, we have Nay Breathe and John Locks Bennett's Bridge, a home game for Nay Breathe. And after the trouncing that they got against uh, Moonkind the previous week, it's nice to see that they didn't get a trouncing today. They fought, battled, um, but a decent victory again for John Locks Bennett's Bridge, who are a surprise enough package at this moment in time because they're doing quite well. Well, it's junior grade in fairness to him. Yeah, they are. But that's a very respectable scoreline there for Nave Breach. And I don't mean that. I don't mean to be like downplaying them. And I don't mean to be kind of like, you know, degrading towards them or anything like that. But it, but it is a very respectable score for them. But let's be fair, they're building at yeah, least, you know, exactly. and they had a great win in the under 14 county final um, over the weekend. They're joined with uh, Aaron Zone of Castle Comer yeah. and it went to extra time against Kilmacow and the blue Kilmacow out of the water in extra time. There's some fantastic Camogie players mm-hmm. on that Nave Breathe team that if they can nourish them and bring them forward they are going to have a decent adult team in a couple of years time Yeah they certainly are and we said we said this we spoke about this last week that it was great that there was new clubs that were coming to the fore and it was great the amount of work that was being put into Camogie and Ballyragget and that you know they can't expect on their first year first or second year in that you know things are going to click and things are going to go well for them it's not it's a building process but to me like I think that's a really good scoreline for them and I think that they will be in encouraged by that that you know 
they didn't go out and they didn't get a heavy beating they'll be encouraged to see that they can actually compete at this level and I think that's only going to bring on more players to play Kamoki with them and especially if it's a home venue as well like I'm sure they had loads of people that were down supporting them and so many young people from around the, the around the clubs as well were down to support them it's great to see it it really is like and you know if they just keep going stick at it do the dirty hard groundwork that has to be done within the first couple of years you never know where they could be in the next couple of years Yeah well it's certainly a team to look forward in the future um, I had a phone call or I said the other day when I was looking for a pitch uh, for uh, venues over the weekend and I won't say I nearly got devoured but your prediction for the Thomastown and Pilltown game didn't go down too well I can tell you in Thomastown when you predicted that Pilltown was going to beat him it didn't go that way it was a cracker of a game because I was actually in the middle for this one Thomastown did eventually win out 3-11 to 2-9 victors over but it was a fantastic game of Camogie and Piltown actually ran Thomastown one point in that but just Thomastown's experience in the end just drove him out and they did win it comfortably then in the end Can I just say Martin right <laughs> I'm only human <laughs> I get things wrong believe it or not and I can actually own up to my mistakes I'm only predicting these I'm not saying this is set in stone and this is what's going to happen so if anybody I think teams are nearly delighted that you're uh, you're, you're predicting that they're going to win because 90% out of the time then you are right but yeah. that small little 10% there's still a chance for teams like I just it doesn't just because I say a team is going to win does not mean you're going to win like I can only predict like like I, like I'd hate to be Joe Brawley and Spa, Pat Spillane and all these lads predicting these games at the height of abuse I'd be getting over the last couple of weeks like you know I do apologise if you're taking it to heart I don't think any of them are taking it to no. heart now in fairness Lighten up Joe, lads I'm only good, human I make mistakes I, I apologise if I have um, upset anybody or anything like that over the last couple of weeks um, but yeah it is, it's only a bit of crack tis, you know it's just great fun doing it all um, you know but yeah delighted for Thomas that's a great I spoke to Eileen Fitzpatrick after it you know Eileen has been such um, a massive stalwart for Freshford Camogie over the last couple of years and you know she's married down in Thomas down there now and she's joined the Camogie Club down there and she's absolutely loving it and she, I was kind she of, didn't tell you she was giving me grief though, did she? Oh God, Eileen Fitz, a Fitz would never, never. ever give grief on a Camogie Field, Martin. I don't <laughs> know what you're talking about that. And I'm sure if Phyllis or Johnny Fitz heard you right now, they would be absolutely disgusted that you thought one of their children would ab- give anybody any grief. You should be, you should be absolutely ashamed with that comment there now. Um, it was only, it was only small now to be fair. <laughs> but yeah, no, I was talking to her after, I was talking to her after at another game over the weekend and she was saying yeah that they won that they had a good old win and you know they're a good team and you know she's enjoying it down there and they're all really enjoying it and I was like oh you know and Munkine probably be heavily fancied and you know I, I don't know if it was just kind of like the experience it was just kind of like oh yeah 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 they're good they're good and that was it. Just there was no a, more on it. like putting a dagger in yeah, there. Yeah, so like, you know, Thomas said, yeah, excellent score for them. I did, I'm not going to lie, I would have heavily fancied Piltown that. I've seen a lot of their players, you know, when we played them in an all-county league and, you know, it, it scared me to think that, you know, a lot of those players were were part of their junior panel. But it just goes to show, again, the work that's been done in all of these clubs that are able to get two teams together and still compete at the top level of that grade, you know. Um, so yeah, delighted to hear it was a good game. Uh, well done to Thomastown. I do apologise for 
I upset anybody down there. I thought <laughs> well, you'd been very good to them over the last couple of weeks. It's great that people are talking about yeah. promoting at least and we know that they're listening to us and that's a, another good thing as well. So yeah, well done to, uh, to Thomastown on that one. Um, the next one up then, I suppose, is another sad story, a bit like uh, Nave Breathe, albeit we did say it was a pity great and man couldn't field a team mm. against Tullerher the week before. They did field a team against Munkine and Munkine did win this one comfortably as well I'm not going to read out the scoreline in fairness to Greater Manor as I didn't do with the Nabreed the week mm-hmm. before but I don't know I just feel for Greater Manor because they have players that's obviously available to play and like John Locks and Bennett's Bridge have amalgamated and I know Greater Manor has tried to amalgamate previously as well and it hasn't worked out but I mean as you said earlier surely something can be done to accommodate some of them girls that's down there who are like Nave Breed but Nave Breed's have slightly better numbers than what mm-hmm. Greg Namana have that they might be able to do something for them girls and get them competitive games or you know try and find somebody that's maybe in the same boat as them mm-hmm. and join up like Callan and Bennett's Bridge has done and it's working for Callan mm-hmm. and Bennett's Bridge let's be fair but like fair play to them for getting a team together first of all yeah. but still it doesn't do the girls any good like when you're getting beatings like that No and it certainly doesn't and I suppose after last weekend not being able to feed the team and then this weekend's game uh, it probably is very tough for them and it would be very very disappointing to see a club having to kind of walk away and disband altogether and that's certainly not what anybody wants and and I mentioned it last week and I want to reiterate it again because I hope somebody in the county board is listening somebody needs to kind of take take this on upon uh, amongst themselves and actually go down and offer some guidance or support even if it means starting at the very very bottom of the ladder and start working with their development squad their development their underage their under 6s their under 8s their under 12s and work from it from there we're not saying by any means the juniors as a last cause forget about them but you know to, to do the job and to do it right you do have to start from the, at the very beginning I and mean, you have to go back and we have to look at and develop the develop the teams from the underage so we start very very young if it means that you know somebody can go in to maybe help develop the club in another way or take it in a different direction somebody has to do that if it means that they have to join up with some of their local parishes I know like I know it's very hard you know Greg Namana and Blacks and Whites probably will be arch rivals when it comes to the hurling but here's one for you Liz Downey and Freshford are arch rivals when it comes to hurling as well but look at how well that their camogie clubs have come along when they have amalgamated together so it would be you know it's probably something that Greg Namana need to look like, look at you know pride needs to be put aside and the development and the future of the camogie in Greg Namana has to be put to the fore whether it means they have to join with another club because they physically don't have the numbers or, or somebody needs to go in and help with their development in just the way that maybe not, I'm not saying the way the club has been run because I'm not saying that people are not running the club right at all but I'm saying that maybe they just need a bit of help in the development of their underage structure to then so that they can then go on to compete at adult level and listen Everybody needs a little help at time. There is no shame in actually just picking up the phone and ringing up and asking, can you have a little bit of help or can you have a little bit of advice on maybe something that could be done? You know, it could be something as small as getting, you know, getting a, a former ex-Camogie player to just go down and maybe train their underage for a day. 
it'll bring some hype or buzz around or maybe just getting like you know a, a farmer into County Camogie player or even harder to go down and do a session with their juniors for one night of the week you know something something very small could actually help and that could be the difference in saving the club and the club disbanding and I think it's maybe something that they should look into Yeah well we certainly don't need uh, clubs disbanding anyway and we're not saying that that's going to happen because they have uh, a decent underage structure and teams participating there at the minute but certainly a little bit of help somewhere along the line to get those players uh, match time is certainly going to be well worth looking into Um I we're going to have a look then at the first round games then in the junior and Thomastown is going to play Conaghy at half four in Thomastown on Sunday afternoon and Pilltown against Dixborough is also going to be at half four in Pilltown then on Sunday evening. So I take uh, Conaghy and Thomastown first in the first round of the junior. So how do you see this one panning out? To be honest with you, I think you'd have to go with Thomastown really, won't you? Like they seem to be doing just so well at senior and at junior level and I just so I just think they're going to have the edge on Connie. Connie just haven't really performed at junior level at all this year. Um, so you know, I I would fear it could be a bit of a cricket score as well for Thomastown and that just the way that they just the form that they're in now. Um, you should see Con- uh, Thomastown comfortably overcome that challenge there. And Pilltown and Dixborough then is the other one that's on then? I think that one's going to be a tough one. I do. I just, it, it's very hard to, it's very hard to decipher between those two teams. Anything could really happen between them. Um, but just going on form, you're probably looking at Pilltown to come out of that one, um, to come out of that one, but a very, very slight margin, I would imagine, at the end of the day. Yeah, and I can't tell you what the junior quarterfinals is to hand because they're not actually up. Um, just after searching for them here now, uh, we did actually inadvertently miss two matches uh, with the intermediate that I'm just going to go back to um, at the minute because they were actually played on Saturday evening. That was Danes Ford and Barrow Rangers. Barrow Rangers, 20 points. Danes Ford, one goal and six points. So, uh, an easy, comfortable win there for um, Barrow Rangers. And as we said, that obviously is why James Ford is playing then in the first round game at the weekend. So just to, to bring that one in and just maybe a small comment on Barrow Rangers. Yeah, I don't think there's any great shock in that result either. I think, you know, Barrow Rangers are definitely trying to instill themselves as the top four teams at intermediate level. Um, They competed in the county semi-final last year. Danesford, I just feel, just haven't got motoring at all this year. And, um, you know, I think Barrow Rangers will be delighted with that. 20 points. That's a, that's a you know, a great score for a Huge a score in a Yeah, it's game, brilliant. Yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. So they'll be very happy with that. And, you know, only conceding 1-6 as well. Well, it's, it's a great um, turnover for them too. So Bar Rangers will be delighted with that. And the other ugh, and the other one that I obviously missed then because it was on Saturday night was the Roar in Estique versus James Stevens. And we've commented on James Stevens mm. that they're actually going very, very well. And they did. 317 to 25 in that game. So, you know, another uh, nice little win for James Stevens. Again, that's why uh, the Roar in Estique is out uh, at the weekend in their first round. So, yeah, comfortable enough for the village women. Yeah, really, really good score for them. Um, you know, it's just talking to someone earlier on and they are really pipping... Uh, James Stevens to be the dark horses of the intermediate competition. Um, they are throwing up serious scorelines in their last three games. Was it four eighteen last week? I think they had scored um something very similar the week before as well. You know that's that's magnificent. Um, just sent John a quick text there today. You know John Scott is involved with the um James Stevens team obviously, and he said it's great that where are we? Nine goals and forty nine points in total yeah, so far. It's great. That's a, that's a huge scoreline. They're very very good. I mentioned this before they're extremely balanced and they've got hurlers in all areas of the field um, 
really good to hear that, you know, they're all their intercounty players are stepping up and especially a lot of their minor girls as well are really coming through the four. So they'll have a nice week off. They can prepare for a quarter final. Um, and I do think they are going to creep into that top four. And don't be surprised if you see James Stevens in a county final this year, because the way they're going, they are really on top flight and anything could happen. And I think that they all the girls are nearly they're probably at the right age now. Like they're not too young. They've got enough experience in them to go through. And they're probably at that age as well that if they do break through to the intermediate scene and they do go on to the senior level, they're only going to get better and they're only going to get stronger. I feel like they've just come out of nowhere really. Um, but yeah, they're doing very, very well. And, you know, they'll be they'll be a hard team to, to defeat and, you know, they're not going to come away too easy from any game. So interesting to see how they get on the next couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly. Well, that completes all of the adult grades for the coming week and what happened last weekend as well so some very interesting matches on there if you want further details on fixtures remember to log into kilkennycomogie.ie for up to date fixture changes um, or anything that occurs there just so that you make sure you're going to the right games now I suppose we had a lot of underage county finals um, on at the weekend there was uh, four games on in Thomastown over the weekend and the under 12 game between the Roar in the Steeg and Danes Ford was an absolute cracker. Huge crowd was there as well for that game. And the Roar in the Steeg did eventually come away winners with it. But uh, Danes Ford battling right to the very end there. And congratulations to them on that victory. Then we move on then to the under 14 Ryan C Championship final, which had Ballyhale Shamrocks against Clara. And Ballyhale, while they were winning well at half time, Clara certainly came back into the game in the second half. But Ballyhale did win out or run out winners I should say on 5-8 scoreline to 1-13 so they were crowned the under 14 Ryan C County Champions uh, the following game then we had which as I said was an absolute cracker of a game Aaron Zone Nave Breed played Kilmacow the game ended in a draw after full time it went to extra time and the crowd certainly got value for that as uh, Aaron Zone Nave Breed ran out winners by 8-7 to 6-8 uh, eventually in that game what a cracker it was and to finish off the day on Saturday then we had Piltown beating St Martins in the minor B C county final then as well so uh, a good win there for the Piltown girls 310 to 19 was the final score and two county finals then as well on Sunday that's worth mentioning again poor Danes Fort was in uh, one of the finals against Monkind it was the under 14 Gale Tech uh, county final and heartbreak again for the women from Danes Fort 4-6 to Monkind 4-5 to Danes Fort no worse way on you to mm. lose a final we've known we've been there but the Danes Ford women put up a great show again they battled hard and I have no doubt they'll be back again and huge congratulations to John Locks of Callan who are the under 14 Gaeltech Ryan A county champions after defeating St. Bridget's 112 to 27 and that's certainly worth mm. mentioning what a story for say our uh, John Locks in Callan who have struggled with years built on teams and now they go and they win the Ryan A County final. It's like a fairy tale story. It's absolutely brilliant and I actually think I've seen um, a picture on Twitter during the week there uh, from the Bunskull in uh, Callan of a couple of their students that were on the team and you know it's such an exciting time and it's great and especially like you know to win any county final but especially to be winning at A grade and at such a young age that's going to be huge for the development of their club going through and you know I, I think I kind of mentioned it last week 
their primary schools have always been doing very, very well and they've kind of come to the fore over the last couple of years. Um, so yeah, that's really, really good to see. That's an excellent result to them and I'm sure they're absolutely delighted with it and fair play to everybody and you know, that's it's really looking well for uh, John Knox there now at the moment. They surely are and it's nice to see I won't call him a lesser club, yep. but it's great to see other clubs than Dixborough or Piltown. No disrespect to him, but we love to see an underdog story as well with teams like John Locks going along, playing in the Ryanair and then coming out and being county champions. More teams should definitely take note and try and progress to that kind of a level as well. Yeah, I think so. And I also think that it's really good for Camogie as well in general to see these newer teams kind of, you know, propelling to the top of the, the top of a, a county finals. Um, Really good to see, as you mentioned before, that it's not just, you know, the regular teams that are doing it. Um, But yeah, just delighted. And, you know, it's only going to bode well for them in the coming years. And, you know, that under 14 team are going to be very strong when they come to under 16 and then minor. And who knows what can happen after them? You know, this could be the start of a new generation club it could be the start of the new Thomas Towns or the new Dick Spurs or the new Pill Towns or whatever the case may be. Really, really good and delighted to see it's somebody new whose name is going to be on the trophy and really good work being done down in John Locks at the moment as it, as we can see in, in a lot of their results. It certainly is and one man who couldn't obviously see it uh, because he passed away there was Davy Kelly, a great Callum man and we know that they've dedicated uh, a special room in John Locks uh, Park to uh, Davy who was no longer with us and a man that would say certainly be missed by us um, and everyone that knew him above in John Locks as well. Now we're going to move on to a slightly different topic because obviously without uh, referees you can't have games but unfortunately with so many matches going ahead over all of the weekends coming and past the referees are few and far between people are not getting involved in recruitment they are fed up with hearing abuse or seeing abuse themselves um, at games we've all seen on Twitter and social media over the last couple of days what happened in Wicklow there recently thanks be to God we haven't had too much trouble uh, like that in Kilkenny and especially at Camogie games but over the weekend there was a fixture uh, down for a Camogie game to be played that had a referee there the game was supposed to go to extra time and because the referee was booked to do uh, an adult game later on in the afternoon extra time couldn't have been played in that so uh, Anya we seem to be having uh, trouble with uh, referees you know the, the pool is getting smaller and smaller every year I mean in the county at the minute we only have I think off the top of my head it's three uh, referees that's dedicated to Camogie only um, and that's Kira Murphy Liz Dempsey and Tom MacDonald the rest of them are all pooling together and are doing Camogie ladies football hurling and football mm-hmm. and with so many matches on it's a real nightmare to try and get referees at the minute we need a huge recruitment drive to try and get people to referee it but the question is oh, who would be bothered when you look at the abuse that some people do get on the sidelines yeah, and you can totally see where they're coming from as well. And to be fair, um, you know, we've all done it. We've all given out about a referee. We've all questioned their decisions. You know, I suppose we all have the this, you know, we all have this in our head. That we, we know best kind of an attitude. Um, you know, it's a very tough job to do. Nobody likes to do it. And you can see why, um, you know, so I suppose, first of all, we have to commend the, the, the ladies and men that are actually doing it in Kilkenny at the moment because they are doing a really good job. I know, listen, they probably are getting the back end of 
of a bit of stick, you know, in, in matches. But that's, I suppose that's the nature of the sport. And I suppose that's just the nature of refereeing. It happens all the time. I don't think people mean it maliciously at the end of the day either. Like, I think it's just in the heat of the moment. Um, well, I don't know on that. And I mean, I'm coming from a point of view of obviously being a referee and have been doing so with the last 20 plus years. Mm. And I mean, while abuse as such hasn't it hasn't got any worse yeah. let's just say I mean you can understand a team and I mean you're there and I'm refereeing a game or whatever and I give a foul against you or whatever you don't think it's a foul the management doesn't think it's a foul and they let a few expletives out yeah. at the sideline right everybody comes yeah. up with that but it's when they start getting personal and starting roaring and shouting and the abuse then goes online and that poor referee who's going out there because he or she loves the game or whatever they're not going out to do a team deliberately they're humans and they make mistakes they've only a split second to make decisions but when things go that far you're not going to get a hell of a lot of people that's coming up and seeing well Martin is getting a hell of a lot of abuse like why the hell would I put myself or Ronnie's getting a hell of a lot of abuse why would I put myself in that position to go out and referee a game Yeah like it is hard like and you know, I think you're dead right. Something has to be done. It's kind of sad to see that there is only three referees in the whole of Kilkenny that are actually dedicated to Komogi, considering the, you know, the history of Komogi in Kilkenny. Sorry, I'm wrong. Add Paddy Riley to that. I'm just thinking so off the top four, of my head. Four. four. Even at that, like, that's only four referees that only do Komogi matches. That's very, very poor. And you can imagine, we'll say, I know, for example, Kira Murphy, I know now she does an awful lot of underage games and, like, she does be kind of running here and there to do them because she loves it but I think that's just Kira as a person it's her love for Camogie and she's so invested in you know Camogie in, in the GA community that's just the type of person she is um, and you know and it's great to see such a young girl doing it as well like she's only what 20 three, 24 years yeah. of age like, and it's great to see her it's great to see someone like her getting involved in it I think actually her sister is actually becoming a young whistler now as well yeah. which it's great to see it running in the family but it's not just a Camogie issue as well it's also a GAA issue mm-hmm. like you look at all the inter-county hurlers that has gone before everyone that's, you know and some of them maybe have gone into management or whatever that way there's none of them is actually going to take up the whistle and it's the same with the former Camogie players yeah. none of them actually want to go and take up the whistle and go and referee No and you can kind of see why Martin like to be honest with you it's something that I would never ever in a million years even dream of doing I'd be too afraid and, and that's and I'm being completely honest with that I would be too afraid to do it if somebody asked me what the rules of Camogie are in the morning I'd freeze and I'm playing it 30 odd years. I would freeze in the morning if somebody asked me what the rules of Camogie are. That's just, you know, I, I just, I wouldn't be able for it and it's something I wouldn't And you wouldn't do. be the only one. Managers are the very yeah. same as well. No, they certainly are. And I suppose like, you kind of have to look at it from like, I'm not going to plead my innocence here now or anything. I have, you know, argued with a referee in my time and anybody who says they haven't they're lying. We all have. They haven't you've done it with me anyway? Yeah, so. even even on Sunday, I argued with a referee. I, he actually gave me a yellow card, and I had to try and explain to him that I'm a lot older than these <laughs> girls, and when they're faster than me, I have to do something to try and take them down. Um, but yeah, you know, like I suppose it it just comes with it, and we do do it. But it is very it is a shame to see that we don't have enough referees in the county. And I suppose was it two years ago? I think we had to get a referee from Carlow to referee um, a Kilkenny County final. It was the under twenty one county. County final as far as I know because it was Tullerone were playing St Anne's and I think we had to get a referee from Carlo Well in fairness, we, in fairness we have two boys from Carlo uh, that's Pat Murphy and um, Jim Tracy but the reason that they're actually on the Camogie list is because there's not 
too many matches in mm. Carlow for them. I mean, I think it's the same with Davy Hughes. I mean, Davy's now living in Kilkenny as well, and he wasn't going to be traveling to mm-hmm. Carlow to do games when he was has him on his own doorstep. Um, so I mean, you can understand that as well. I mean, I go do some in Waterford. A lot of the boys do some in Waterford because they're in the same boat. They have no Camogie referees. They're using the same pool of GAA referees. So it's not only within the county, yeah. but the way I look at things is you can't have games without having referees and if yeah. we can't encourage referees to come on and get on board with things we're not going to have Kamoki referees in the future because let's be honest lads are not getting any younger there's no. no younger fellas really coming up to take on the challenge so what can be done to encourage people in this day and age to pick up the whistle and go out and to do a Kamoki game Okay, well, let's go back to it. The reason why people aren't probably picking up the whistle to go to referee games is because of the slack that they're getting or the abuse that's been thrown at them. So does that mean that the county boards across the country and clubs across the country need to look at maybe a harsher, maybe discipline into people that are involved in this abuse throwing or whatever the case may be? Is it something that needs to be done that way to kind of protect the referee? Like, I know I wouldn't get into it because of the abuse that would be thrown at you. But if somebody came to you and said, right, Anya, okay, if you go and do this course and become a referee, I can guarantee you this won't happen because here's the sanctions that happen if something does go wrong on a camogie on a or hurling field or here's the sanctions that's going to happen to Martin if he starts hurling abuse at you. There has to be something done along that line. It's too easy. It's too easy for people to, you know, throw abuse. And listen, we've all done it and I'm not saying I'm innocent of that and I just want to get that across. Well, I'm certainly not you know, like, teams, I, I, yeah. I do. I want to kind of get that across well because we are all none of us are innocent to it we have all done it Um, and I suppose that's where you're kind of looking at it It doesn't need to be a thing where we need to bring in tougher sanctions and tougher discipline to protect the referees so therefore encouraging more referees to get involved more people to get involved in refereeing especially women like I'd love to see more women get involved in refereeing I think what Liz Dempsey has done to for refereeing has just been absolutely phenomenal getting to refereeing in All-Ireland final there in September has been absolutely brilliant for her and you know and that's really really good for her but it'd be great to see more women get involved in it as well because you know it's women's sport at the end of the day like and it'd be lovely to see our, our own female counterparts getting involved in it but I do Look think the soccer the other night was yeah, all female uh, officiating team with uh, England and Andor- Andor, I think it was. Yeah, like I, I do think it's something that we need to look at. I think definitely I would say that 90% of the reason that people aren't getting involved in refereeing is because of the abuse that's thrown them. So therefore, we need to look at, right, okay, here's what's going to happen and people say, and it's like, I know it that'll be hard when there's a lot of spectators and stuff being, you know, hurling abuse. But then you're going to have to look at it. Do, do you find the clubs? if that's going to be the case like regardless of whether they're a member of the club like if but that's, that's going to be hard because yeah. clubs are going to say well I can't control our non-members mm-hmm. who are coming to the games and they're not paying their membership to the club yeah. I have no control over them so how can you control a sideline like that it's a real tough it's, it's very tough it's very hard like it's you're, it's like you're opening up a can of worms really isn't it you just don't know what way it's going to go because with every kind of maybe suggestion or solution that's put in place there's somebody that's going to counteract it and I totally get what you're saying. It's so like, I just taken for example, if it was Tullerone were playing a match in the morning and you were refereeing it and Tullerone were abusing you and we were playing um, Muckley there, like, 
who's to say it wasn't Mokley people? Tullerone can just turn around and say, no, just Mokley. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And I'm just taking these two teams as an example that never happened. But like, it is very hard, but something has to be done. There has to be bread of protection. There has to be kind of nearly a better kind of a package for all the world put in, put in place for referees. I suppose they have to be, it has to be kind of like, you know, what are the rewards for being a referee? It's not just going out on, you know, a windy Sunday morning in the lashings of rain refereeing a match for, you know, a couple of euro. You know, maybe they need to kind of, um, you know, upgrade their packages and make it, you know, look more rewardable for them and a lot more attractive. And that's something that has to be done because you're right, we can't have matches without referees and at the way we're going there's not many referees left in the county. No, there's certainly not. But it is great. Let's be mm. honest about it. I mean, I'm doing it with 20 something plus years at this stage. If if I was to take note of all the abuse and the whole lot, I would have given it up long ago. But you do it because it's the love of the game. It's yeah. not even the money. If it was the money, people would be gone out the door long ago. Like, mm. I mean, you know, let's be honest. It's not for that. It's actually because you love doing the game. You love going out. You meet different people. I mean, the amount of people, friends, etc., that you get from different clubs over playing, like players. Yeah have you know it's the very same for referees other referees you know you build up camaraderie you work with one another you do everything so I mean it is great social occasion as well um, to be able to do it so we would certainly encourage people to pick up uh, the whistle if there is a course or anything mm-hmm. that will be made available because as we said without game or without referees we won't have games yeah. uh, shortly the other thing obviously we can't have is without managers we yeah. can't have teams either going out and playing and I suppose recently Kilkenny Camogie Board ratified Brian Downing again for uh, another season for the senior Camogie to be put in charge again I suppose a good uh, appointment uh, for the Camogie Board as well great to see Brian back and I suppose he'll feel to himself he's a little bit of unfinished business uh, from the end of this year I'm delighted I'm absolutely delighted he stayed to be honest with you I kind of felt that I didn't know I was in kind of two minds after the All-Ireland would he stay or wouldn't he stay and I just think it's so so important for this particular squad and for what he's been trying to do with Kilkenny Camogie over the last two years I, I just felt it was so so important that he did stay um, you know he's got he's just he just seems to love it so much and he just seems to have such a backing and a great support system around him as well for it and you know he's I think it's just he has a different approach to it and you know he's just he's just a really really nice man as well and you know I'm delighted he's staying on and I'm sure all the girls are absolutely delighted that he's staying on too and you know I think that he will have probably learned a lot more this year than he would over the last couple of years and I think he probably feels like he now knows where his shortcomings may have come from and he's kind of going he's going to want to get himself back to an All-Ireland final I'm sure as we all were he was you know bitterly disappointed to be beaten in an All-Ireland semi-final but I must say it is definitely the best news for Kilkenny Camogie that Brian and his management team are staying on board because I would have had a major fear if if he was to walk away and his management team were to go away, there would be a fear that you'd get somebody in there. Retirements are yeah, then as well. Ex- like, yeah. and, and I do think that could have been a major thing as well. I think a lot of guards would have retired if he had gone away. But my biggest fear would be, and I'll say this straight out, I would fear that somebody who would be very much underqualified would have gone into the position and Kilkenny Camogie would have taken 10 steps back to where they are at the moment because I feel like every year we're moving forward we're taking two, three steps forward and it's great and I just feel like if he had to walk away right now 
it could bring the whole thing back down because Brian, I feel, has really developed a lot of players and a lot of players over the last two, three years have got a great shout in there and have got some great runs and they've really developed as players. And that's down to him and his management team having full faith in those guards. So absolutely delighted. Can't wait for the new season to get going. And it's great to have that bit of continuity mm-hmm. as well. Like that, as you said, you're not going to try and impress a new manager. And yeah. some people might think, well, put hell with this. I'm not going out and I'm not going to be bursting myself to go out and play well in a club game. Whereas now Brian is back there. He's now looking at the club games yeah. and people can now impress him to be brought in before the start of the league campaign early next year, which is great. Because I mean, when you look at other managerial appointments, I mean, Derek Dunn has now gone from down, mm-hmm. which is a big shock because I mean, they won the Intermediate All-Ireland last year. They got to, you know, beat, uh, was it Westmeath in the yeah. relegation final? Yeah. Their stayed senior yeah. status for this year. Like, so, I mean, Down will surely miss him. I think so too. Um, but I do think, and I suppose we'll get on to the Antrim management team in there in, in a couple of minutes. But we can do that as well now. Like, yeah. I mean, Paul McKillen and uh, Jim McKernan has announced that they're actually stepping down from Antrim as well. That's another huge loss mm. to Antrim. I mean, they've just recently gone up to the senior level. You'd like that bit of continuity and that bit of experience in bringing you up into that level. And now there they are and they're gone back to square one looking for a new management team. Yeah, like I do. I think it's very, very hard. I think... You know, I think what Derek Dunn did with Down, he was probably right in the fact that he stayed for the year straight after they won the All-Ireland. To keep that sense of, you know, familiarity, I suppose, within the squad and kind of, it maybe kind of gives that sense of, right, he didn't just believe that we could win at intermediate. He believed that we can we can now compete at senior. And I suppose that's what he has done. I, I suppose that what he has done. I'm sure it's been a big shock for Down Camogie and I'm sure they are very, very disappointed to lose him. Um, but, you know, is he probably right stepping away at the right time? Does, is there maybe a new voice that's maybe required and they are needed? Probably. You know, maybe there is. I suppose he probably feels that he has given everything he can and doesn't want to kind of maybe stand in the way of somebody else that may think that they can progress them further, which you have to admit is very admirable in any manager that they, you know, they're, they're stepping away at when they feel is the right time. Um, from the Antrim point of view, the two lads have been involved with them for the last two years. They lost in All-Ireland and they won in All-Ireland. I honestly thought they would have stayed for another year. I thought they would have stayed for at least just the first year to get them into senior to just kind of maybe get their bearings and find themselves because I do think Antrim will compete well at senior. I think they're a very, oh, very good very team. Well, yeah. like, I do think they will. Like, and, you know, they have a couple of household names there since the All-Ireland that have been there. So I'm sure that they are bitterly disappointed I'd hate to think now that Antrim will go back a bit and I think this is always the fear when you find like a really really good manager and someone that's helping the team to succeed there's always that fear that when they step away are they going to take two or three steps back and I think that's my fear with Antrim. I would worry if they don't get somebody maybe as strong as personalities and strong as characters as those two guys will will it fall apart I hope not. I really, really hope it doesn't because I do think they will compete at senior level. But that would be my fear. I I would have loved if the two lads had stayed on. Um, but then again, we don't know. For personal reasons, they might have stepped away. And I suppose they have been there for the last two years and they have themselves probably felt that they've given Well, you know could. yourself. Yeah, you've it's been hard. There. It is a huge commitment. Yeah. I mean, whatever about a club team, it's a huge commitment to undertake going to be a manager of an inter-county team, mm-hmm. whether it be junior, intermediate or senior. The amount of hours that people don't see, what goes on in the background to make sure that everything is going right, planning training sessions ahead, making sure that players 
players that are injured are getting the right mm-hmm. treatment, progressing them back before you can play it as well. I mean, it's not just a case of going out on a Tuesday night, training a team, going playing a match on a Sunday. No, and uh, I think that's what a lot of people forget. Um, and that's what a lot of parents forget as well when you take over the reins of managing any team um, you're right it's not just the three nights a week that you're training the Tuesday, Friday and the Sunday morning it's the umpteen phone calls that you have to make between that it's um, trying to sort out pitches trying to sort out games trying to check on players making sure they're okay and it's not even just physically checking if players are okay mentally you have to look out for the players as well and I suppose I suppose for me, that was a big thing for me. And I think that was because I was a woman, you know, training a woman's team. Like the lads kind of looked after the physical side of it. They did all the hurling. They did all that. Like, I like to think I was just doing the paperwork and they were doing that. But I felt like, I felt like it was easier for girls to come talk to me because I was like, like I was a woman as well. Like, and, and I think that was very important. And I think mentally, you know, it, it's really important and that's a whole aspect of management that some people don't necessarily see that it, it is vital that you're looking after the girls mentally and physically and, you know, sometimes for girls mentally it can be it can be very, very draining and you just, you know, it takes a lot of, it. management does take up a lot of time and it's not by any means any easy thing to do and it's voluntary as well and I think a lot of people forget that too. And, but it's not uh, only the players that has to no, mentally no. be prepared and, you know, being looked after. I mean, the managers as well. I mean, people just think that, oh yeah, he, he or she mm. is a figurehead. They're just there and some people just think like they can do whatever the hell they like to people or yeah. ring them up and complain that why isn't my Anya playing mm-hmm. on this team and she's good enough and et cetera, et cetera. And we've heard Vera Paul actually say it about the uh, Irish soccer team recently about how she's had to deal with parents ringing up and that's creeping in a small little bit now into the inter-county scene at Camogie matches as well. Yeah, it is like, and like, let's not hide from the fact that it is like, and you know, this is a podcast. We're here to discuss the situations and these are the situations that are happening. And I know people would like to think that the, this doesn't happen because we're all living in an ideal world. It does happen. It absolutely 100% does happen. You do have disgruntled parents that might ring up to say that they aren't happy that my Johnny isn't starting on the gate, uh, starting on the field and he should be playing. And, you know, it's sad in a way. It, it's really, really sad to see. And I Often, and I've always kind of been of the opinion that sometimes mommy and daddy need to just take a step back and let their son or daughter just develop themselves and let them be the player that they're going to be. Like I know from years ago and myself and my sister will say this, like my dad used to train us when we were playing camogie and it was my mother's worst nightmare the kitchen table we couldn't even have dinner in peace and quiet because the three of us would be fighting over Ireland so my mother banned camogie talk at the kitchen <laughs> table it was never allowed to happen it, like you couldn't do it and I suppose like you know it's great to see so many people getting involved and things like that and just to go back to the management point of view on it like it is very hard because managers have to take on maybe 30 or 40 different personalities and it's not just from it's not just from players it's from parents it's from your backroom team like your selectors could have different you know personalities to your physios and everybody wants their comeuppance and everybody wants their say so it's very very hard you have county board officials added into it and then you have park officials and yeah and just emails going left right and centre somebody's complaining about this somebody's complaining about that it's very 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 hard um it's enjoyable, don't get me wrong. It's enjoyable when things are going great and everything is everything is on cloud nine, but it's very, very tough. And 
I suppose you could kind of look at it something similar to to the referee's perspective as well. They do get a bit of they do get abuse as yeah. well from it, and it might be more so behind closed doors because we're not seeing the abuse full on on the pitch. But it does happen, and it's very very hard. And I think you know, I suppose we're kind of gone off track there from the down and Antrim guys. You know. They've done they've done such great work up the north for um, Camogie and Camogie up the north has been absolutely brilliant and those three men have probably got a lot to do with it. Um, but you know you can kind of see as well why managers are stepping away from it. Um, you know they've given a lot of time, a lot of effort. You know personal sacrifices have been made over the last couple of years for it, and you know maybe they've just found that their their time is right. Yeah, it's also given the chance maybe of someone. And I don't mean this disrespectfully to anyone either, but maybe someone younger that might have different ideas or whatever yeah. that's going to come up. Very same now in Cork situation over the weekend that we've had the announcement that Pawdy has stepped down as well from yeah. Cork to potentially go to the minor hurling management position. So, I mean, he's been there with the last 10 years as well. So, you know, Cork are now looking for new managers as well. Yeah. Um, I like, okay. I don't, I don't want people emailing or ringing and giving out but like I think it was maybe about time I think freshness is best in a lot of situations and some things can become a bit stale and I am by any means not taking away anything that he has done for Cork Camogie and I'm sure everybody in Cork Camogie will hail him saying that you know he's been really good for Cork Camogie which you know for them on, on their level the, the, he has been like he's won he has a great track record he's had put a great career behind him he's he's managed some of the best Camogie players in the country Um, but you know it's been what eight or nine years I think it's ten, ten years, years stage, yeah, yeah I think you know I think it was a about time and, and you know let somebody new in um, breathe some fresh blood into it and you know maybe Cork can get back at the t- back to the top of being you know top senior you know Camogie contenders um, be very interesting to see who goes into that job because it is you know it is big fo- big shoes to fill there as well but you know maybe other people will have their own ideas of how they want Cork playing and maybe other players around Cork will now get a scene not saying that they didn't but maybe now they will get a scene as well and best luck to him whatever venture he goes on yeah exactly well it has been interesting tonight I can tell you as always my thanks to Anya for the last uh, little over an hour we slightly ran over what we normally would do we tried to keep it to an hour but we felt that there was important things to do this evening and we hope that you certainly enjoyed it we're looking forward to the games over the weekend that's coming up and giving you more insights into everything uh, Komogi related that's coming up as well so uh, that is it from this evening from episode 6 hope you you enjoy it and you download the podcast from your usual podcast outlets and that you're enjoying the content that myself and all you are doing at the minute and as we said if there's anything you would like brought up Komogi related please get in contact with us and let us know the team of the year by the way it's still in the process the spies are still out over the weekend and we will be announcing details of when the announcement of that is going to be done uh, over the next couple of weeks it'll be sometime in uh, early November anyway after county final day but that is it we are going to sign off from this evening so it's a goodbye from me and and me thank you until the next evening episode good night she's riding it she's taking it goal for Tiffany it's in the net they're matching the physicality wise and you know they're going with them to every ball there standing game two points this is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Oh